are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. We are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And let me just, uh, I, I shared last week um, three of the nine reasons for fasting. And let me just do a quick recap if you, if you missed it. You can also pick it up on uh, clcconline.ca and, and, and listen to the first three. But the first reason is the disciples fast. And, and uh, we see that the disciples ran into a bit of a, a, bit of a snag, a bit of a problem. You see, a, a father brought a son before them who was possessed by a demonic influence or demonic spirit. And, and they prayed, and when they prayed, nothing happened. And they go before Jesus in frustration and say, Jesus, like, th- this one's impossible. It, it, nothing happened. We, we prayed, and we did what you taught us, but yet it didn't work, Lord. And Jesus prays and casts it out, and then in private they say, God, why couldn't we do that? And he says there's, only, there's certain things that only come out through prayer and fasting. You know, there's certain things in our lives that that we're going to come up against. There's certain trials that are going to come our way where we have to, you know what, we could be prayed up and, and, and it just not work. And when we hit that wall and say, God, what's going on? Or, but we need to be in that place where it's just kind of like, Lord, we are not only prayed up and we're not only ready, but God, we're fasting. And we, we say, God, give us what we need for today, Lord. Give us our daily bread. That, Father, whatever comes our way, God, we're going to be able to handle it in the Spirit. The second one is the Ezra fast, and Ezra's fast is about great problems. He was carrying 7,500 pounds of gold and 24 tons of silver to be able to take back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls, yet he was surrounded by thieves who would have loved to help him lighten his load. You know what? There's times in our lives where we need protection. There's times in our lives where, where we just sit in that place and say, God, would you just help me, Lord? You know, I, rem- I remember when I was... I was talking with somebody even last week, and we were talking about different kids' stories, about when kids took off and when when kids did something. And I remember when Mackenzie was, uh, oh, she was probably two and a half maybe, and and we were at West Edmonton Mall and taking them to the Galaxy Land there. And right off of Galaxy Land, there's a little food court. And uh, we went into that food court there, and Cindy took Mackenzie and was walking towards the washroom, and then she needed to asked me something like, hey, where are you going to sit? Because there was a lot of people there. And she just turned like this, and, and Mackenzie just kept walking towards the bathroom. And honestly, she took three steps, and then a sea of people just surrounded her. And it's kind of like, man, like there's one thing about losing her in Zellers and Cold Lake, you know, but, but at West Edmonton Mall with all those people at such a young age, that, that sense of panic comes into your heart. And, and I remember, like, Cindy was, I said, just go to the washroom, look. And I kind of went to, to the highest ground in, in, the, in the, the, the food court. And I just kind of did the dad look, eh? And you're just kind of trying not to panic and look all, all nervous, but you're, 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 you're quickly looking over the exits and you're looking over dip, different things like that. And I remember finally, after about three or four minutes, I finally found her, and she was holding the hand of some teenage girl. And the teenage girl was look, walking around, just kind of walking with her. And I made a beeline for her. And then the teenage girl saw me. And when she saw me, she just let go of Mackenzie's hand. And just she then disappeared in the crowd. And I'm just like, you know what, Lord? Maybe that was a teenage girl, but maybe that was an angel. And when we 
pray and when we fast and we just say, God, I want to be ready for my family, God, because you never know when all of a sudden it's kind of like, Lord, we are in need of divine protection. Then his, his, his love just surrounds us. Like Psalms, uh, what, Psalms uh, 5, uh, I think it's Psalms 5, it, it talks about how his love surrounds us like a shield. And, uh, and we need to be able to walk in that place. The third thing we talked about was the Samuel fast, which brought a nation before the Lord. You see, Eli was a wicked priest, and he was the priest of the nation. And during his reign, the, the Ark of the Covenant was stolen. And when the Ark of the Covenant was stolen, um, Eli then dies. And, and he, uh, as he dies, Samuel takes the, the place of leadership. And the very first thing that he does is he brings Israel to a fast and says, listen, we are a wicked nation, and we need to repent and we need to seek the Lord. And then the Lord brought back the Ark of the Covenant and reestablished Israel. Second um, Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. You know what? Cold Lake needs a healing. Amen? And it, sometimes we think like, hey God, it's your divine plan. And, and, and I know that God's got great plans for Cold Lake. He's got great plans, but... But it takes people to be able to battle in the heavenlies, to be able to release the plans that God has uh, in this earth because there is an adversary who doesn't want that to happen. So we need to be able to stand in that place and, and not just go on cruise control and just say, God, you're going to do what you're going to do anyways. But get in that place of desperation where it's like, Lord, not my will, God, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us continue this morning. The fourth one that we want to share this morning is the Elijah fast. And we read about that in 1 Kings 19. Elijah had a great spiritual victory on Mount Carmel when Jezebel sent word to him that she was going to kill him. He became afraid and depressed. He ran into the wilderness where there was no food and he was hoping just to starve himself and die. Have you ever noticed that when something amazing happens spiritually that there's, there's like this... It's like those little balls that go bounce back and forth on, on a row. It's like, boom, something good spiritually happens and then something bad happens. And, and we have to remember again that there, there's always pushback. Now we can pray for protection and this kind of stuff and that's, that's really, really important. But here is Elijah. Elijah is an amazing man of God. We, we read about what a, what a prophet he is. And he just sees God do some amazing things. And then all of a sudden, Jezebel gets ticked off. And she says, you know what? That's it. I'm going to kill you. And fear walks in that place. He just delivered all the, the prophets of Baal. He just seen the, the Lord you know, send the fire down and burn up the altar. Like He witnessed that. And then this one girl says, you know what? That's it. He's dead. I want him dead. And he runs and hides because of fear. In 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 4, he, we see that he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. The guy's an emotional wreck. He's defeated in his mind. He's depressed. And he just wants his life over. Have you ever been in that place of being defeated? It's not a good feeling. 
Have you ever been in that place of fear where you just felt that it would be just easier for life to end? Like, suicide is fairly high in Cold Lake. And something happens in people's mind that just kind of clicks where it's like, you know what, life would be better and my family would be better, my spouse would be better if they were without me. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And, and what happens is you believe this lie and then you walk in that place where you just, you, you, you just push forward and, and, and then all of a sudden it brings forth such a sorrow that is released in the family that is very difficult for the family to be able to deal with. As a pastor, I've dealt with families. I've walked through this very situation and, and, and it's just, it, it, it does catastrophic damage. Isaiah 61.3 tells us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That shows me that there is a spirit that is named heaviness. And when that spirit of heaviness comes knocking on our door, we as the body of Christ need to put on the garment of praise. What is the garment of praise? The garment of praise is exactly what Pastor Hayward did. Lord, we thank you for the crisp air. It's like, no we don't, Lord. It's cold. Warm it up, God. Lord, just let that, that heat from Sri Lanka drift this way, God, in Jesus' name. You know, and that's what that, that video showed us, that there's so many prayers that we have that are just totally selfish prayers, aren't they? But yet, to be in that place of thanksgiving... To be in that place where we truly count our blessings and say, God, it's not about me, Lord, but your will be done. Lord, remind me of that every single day. Not my will, God, but your will. Not my will, Lord, but your will. Not my will, Lord, but your will. Remember, I told you during a fast, bad things sometimes happen. And you want to give up. It's kind of like, Lord, I'm fasting right now, and this is happening during my fast. I'd hate to see what happens when I don't fast. Yesterday, Cindy drove through the Tim Hortons drive-thru without me, amen. And she went to get herself a coffee, and as she went to get herself a coffee, the transmission went right at the window. And she said to the guy at the door, she says, uh, brings her his coffee, he's like, is there anything else I can help you with? And she's like, yeah, I can't get my van to move. It's like, what do you mean? You've got you to clear this. You've got you to get out of here. There's a lineup. And she's like, I can't. So they send out a 12-year-old kid. Hi, miss, I'll help you. <laughs> and he's like, ah! So now the people are starting to honk and they're getting really impatient behind and you start to feel like, ah! And then all of a sudden, she gets out of the van and she walks to the back and she says, you know what, like, I'm sorry, but I can't do it. And the guy behind him got out and then a whole bunch of people came out and pushed her to a, a parking stall. You know what? Praise the Lord. I think it's under warranty still. Amen? God, we're going to worship you, Lord. We're going to walk in that place where it's just kind of like, Lord, I think that thing, like, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that warranty ends soon. And it's kind of like, God, amen. And even if it's expired, amen, God. Because, Lord, it's not about how I'm feeling today. You know, it's not about the embarrassment through the drive through window where you've got to push the van out of the way. Lord, may you be glorified, God. Lord, we just want to fix our eyes upon you. We want to put on the garment of praise and say, God, we trust you. Church, again, this morning, remember there's an adversary who hates you. 
He hates your family. And he's going to come against you with whatever he can to defeat your spirit. Don't listen to the lies. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. Maybe right now, there's someone in this room where the spirit of heaviness has been strong upon you and that spirit of suicide is nagging you. The Lord says this morning that He loves you. The Lord brought you here this morning to say stop listening to the lies and start listening to the voice of God. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. So says Psalms 139. I watched you as you were being formed in utter seclusion. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's crazy about you. We are friends of God. And that the Lord wants to break that spirit over this city in Jesus' name. And He wants to break that spirit over our families in Jesus' name. So here He is. He's sitting under this, this broom tree. And the angel of the Lord shows up and gives him some spiritual food after eating nothing. He says, you need to get up. You need to eat. Because the journey is going to be long. In fact, it's a 40-day journey. And he gives him food. Man, this heavenly food lasted for 40 days. And they brought him to Mount Sinai. Where, uh, when he got there, the Lord delivered him from depression, suicide, and the thoughts of fear. This guy's sitting underneath of a broom tree. You're done with me. I've accomplished what you've asked, but the Lord was not finished. In fact, if he had have died at that moment, he would not have been able to go out and anoint Hazel, Jehu, and Elisha. Lord, you're done with me, God. Lord, just end my life right now. And if God had to listen to his prayer, Elijah, Elisha would not have been able to do what Elisha did. Jehu, you know, Pastor Paul in Calgary called me Jehu. The very first day I, when I moved to Calgary, I started youth pastoring there. I was driving into work and, and, and uh, I got a ticket for going too fast. So they picked up, I picked up that name of Jehu because it says that he drove his chariot, chariot wildly. The Bible says, Your thoughts are not my thoughts, your ways are not my ways. We are in a battle. I've had problems at night sleeping and I've had to spend time in prayer. You struggle with depression, suicide, desponding. Would you step into a fast and listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you? Run into worship. Declare how marvelous God is. Psalms 144.2 says, He's my loving ally, my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He's my shield and I take refuge in Him. Have you found yourself walking with low self-esteem, low self-image of yourself? Remember this morning that you've been bought with a price. Have you ever felt like, man, you just can't do anything right? 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a, real, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. This will fall away, for it's time to learn who you are in Christ. And remember that Christ has not given us a spirit of fear. I think fear cripples the body of Christ. You know, all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't know if I really want to step out because what happens? I don't know if I really want to do that because... And all of a sudden we walk around in fear and we just take the safe route. And we take the safe route. And the Lord's like, you know what? We're, we're actually walking in sin because we're not listening to the voice of God. And the Lord's like, trust me. 
I don't take the safe route. I take a route of adventure. Man, if your life as a Christian is boring, there's something wrong. Because in Christ, there's fullness of joy. God is always doing something that's kind of like, oh, Lord, what is going on today, Lord? All right, God, I just need to trust you, Lord. I found it interesting that God led Elijah to Mount Sinai, which is the mountain of the Lord. During a fast, if you're targeting an issue of depression, self-worth, I believe that the Lord will take you into his presence where you can learn that he is Abba Father. Have you ever had an encounter with God, something that is going to just it's something that just totally shaped your life? Sometimes it's amazing that when you go back to that place. You know what? I don't know, maybe maybe you got saved uh, at a little church somewhere or maybe Maybe it was in, the, in, a, in, a, in a park or in a field. And if God opens out that door for you to be able to go back there during a fast, it's pretty cool where you can just kind of reconnect or redig that old well and say, Lord, I remember the Ebenezer that I built here, God. Lord, you did this for my family or you did this for me here. And all of a sudden, it just kind of changes us. It just kind of gets us that place and stirs us with hope. You know, it's so important to write down the blessings of God because when all of a sudden the tough times come, how we forget as people, don't we? And we can have, it's, it, it's amazing. And maybe it's just the way that the news works or, or what that is. I, I don't know what it is. But it just seems like we could have 11 months of just jubilee and, and, and God's just doing some great things. Then we have one month of trials. And it's kind of like, God! Why would you do this to me, Lord? Like, what is going on right now? And we, and we just totally miss it. And the Lord's like, man, I'm shaping you. I'm molding you. I'm preparing you for the future. You said, Lord, you're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and shape me. I'm doing that. But sometimes it hurts. We don't like it very much. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we also must share in his suffering. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't read that last verse. Read everything else. That was all good. Well, that last verse, I don't like it. I don't like it either. But you know what? I think sometimes as, as pastors, we're guilty of just sharing the good stuff. Because that tickles our ears, doesn't it? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, God, you're awesome. Oh, oh yeah. Lord, look what you, Lord, you're going to, I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm of a royal priesthood. Yeah, praise the Lord. You're going to share your suffering. Whoa, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, we did. Times are going to come. But when those times come, we need to be prepared in our spirit through prayer and fasting. And that's why I love the body of Christ. Man, I tell you, I don't know how many times I've talked to people in this room just kind of said, you know what, this is what's going on right now. I've always tried to be so transparent because you know what? I don't care if, who knows my struggles. I don't care. Because if i got people coming alongside and praying for me, that is better because it's just a struggle that's happening right now. There's an answer on the other side. Let's not be fake. 
we've all got our struggles. We've all got our trials. We all go through things. But that is why we've got other men and women of God to reach down and say, I'm with you. Come on. We're going to get through this because we're buds, we're pals. We're joint heirs, you and I. We need to fast to become others-orientated. Isaiah 58, 7 says, Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from uh, relatives who need your help. God has blessed us so much. And I know what a loving, kind, giving church this is. But do you know that last year, again, with the AGM coming up, we got all the numbers. Last year, we budgeted $5,000 in benevolence. Benevolence is a fund that we set aside every single year to help people who were first part of our church, who are some people who are here who are going through a rough time. We want to be able to come alongside and help the, area, the, the, uh, the family how we can, maybe with groceries, maybe to help out with some medication, however we can be able to help out. But the fund is also set up to be able to help people who come by the church to help them, again, how we are able to. By the end of December, we spent $9,171.68. That's 183.4% over budget this year. Why? Because there's a whole lot of needs out there. and We don't want to say no. Now, now hear me. When I say we don't want to say no, we say no. And, and, and there's, there's times, man, I see times where there's people here who afterwards, they, they come out and they're saying, hey, can, can you give me five bucks? Can you give me ten bucks? I always say the same thing. Don't just do it because brothers and sisters around us like, oh, if I don't give them five bucks right now, then I'm not very Christ-like. You know what? That's wrong thinking. We have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, is this what you're asking me to do? But another good way to do it is say, you know what? I support this church through benevolence. If you're in need of something, go talk to pastors. Then we have some kind of a thing to set up, a little form that they got to fill out with some references and this kind of stuff because we do our best to walk in due diligence. You know what? When you make a donation to, to, to the benevolence fund, we just don't want to say, yeah, here, 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 because then it just opens up and just people come to take. And unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. So we have to be wise and we have to walk through prayer and say, God, who do you have for us? But we don't want to say no when the Lord sends a real need to be able to step into that place. Does that make sense? Jesus says in Matthew 25, 33-45, I won't read it all this morning, but He says, he will, take, uh, he will place the sheep at His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come you who are blessed by My Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed Me. I was thirsty and you gave Me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king says, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of these least of my brothers and sisters, you're doing it unto me. And that goes on to say the other ones were the goats who, who did nothing to be able to help those who are in need. We want to be a church that comes alongside of people and restores people and builds people up. We want to be able to pour into people. And uh, you know what? You can always be praying for us because really, it, that, is, that is one of the hardest things here, God. Because when, when someone comes who you have no idea who they are and say, I have a need, to be able to pray and say, God, 
is this from you, Lord? Is this a genuine need, Lord Jesus? Do we want to be able to do this, God? Or, Lord Jesus, is it not from you, Lord? Because sometimes, again, I, I've always thought about that uh, at, at Jesus uh, at, at the wells of Bethesda. You know, Jesus at the wells of Bethesda, he shows up and he heals that guy that couldn't get into the pool. Remember the story? How many people, because the Bible says that one, there was, the first person to get in the pool was healed. How many people were waiting to be able to get into the pool? Yet Jesus, the Bible only tells us that Jesus healed the one. So it's kind of like, well, Lord, look at all these people who are sick waiting to get in the pool. Why did you only heal that one God? I don't know. But Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. And that's what we have to be able to walk into. Amen? Amen. We need to fast for spiritual guidance. Acts 9 is the conversation of Saul when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's struck with blindness, and during his travel, he doesn't eat drink for three days. In Acts 6, he asks a very important question. So he's trembling and astonished, and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Have you ever found yourself asking that question? God, what's your will for my life? Lord, I don't want to miss it, God. What do you want me to do? Lord, there's an opportunity for me to step into a, a, a new job or job promotion. Is there, there's an opportunity for my wife and I to be able to move here or, or be able to do this and, or, or, or do that. Lord, what would you have me do? I think so many times we just rush into things. And it's kind of like, it's a promotion. Praise the Lord. And we, we jump into it. And the Lord's like, you know what? I love you, but I didn't have that for you. How many times have you heard stories about different guys who, who, who go to a new company and, or, 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 or get a promotion on something and all of a sudden they're, they're working in a place that is just so detrimental to their health? You know what? It, just, it pays more money, but it's, it's hard on the employees or, or the, 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 the management is not honest and, 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 and all of a sudden all this kind of stuff happens. It's kind of like, Lord, why, why are you doing this to me? And God's like, I didn't tell you to take the promotion. You jumped into it for the, for the bucks. You jumped into it for the prestige. Listen to me. I will lead you and I will guide you. But my friends, we have to fast. We have to pray. We have to seek the Lord and say, God, again, Lord, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Show me, God, what you have for me. Isaiah 58, 8, the fasting chapter says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall uh, spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before me. And the glory of the Lord will be be your rear guard. Man, that's so important. How many people want the Lord to be your rear guard? We watch movies all the time, and and you you, you have those guys like Rambo's like, I got your back. It's kind of like, oh man, Rambo's got my back. I can do anything. But God, the Alpha, the Omega, the one who never sleeps, the omnipresent God everywhere at all the time says, I will be your rear guard. I think that alone is worth fasting. To be able to say, Lord, I want your covering, God. I want your blessing, Lord. I got a story about that, but I'm just going to skip it because of time. We also want to pray for health and healing. See, the Daniel fast is found in Daniel 1, 8 to 14. And, and basically what happens is, is, is Daniel's walking in that place. He's like, you know what, we want to eat. We want to abstain from the foods that you've offered to idols. And we want to eat just fruits and vegetables. 
And the guy who's looking after them is afraid because he says, you know what, the king will kill me if I only give you fruits and vegetables and you turn out to be weaker than the other guys. And he says, give us 10 days. And in 10 days, if we are not healthier and stronger than anybody else, we will eat whatever you ask. So the guard agrees and he gives them 10 days. And after 10 days, they, all, all four of them are stronger and, and, and uh, uh, better equipped to be able to do whatever than all the other, uh, all the other candidates. You know what? There is health in fasting. To be able to seek the Lord and say, God, that report that I've been given, Lord Jesus, is a bad report. But God, you are the great physician. Lord, your word says, God, that by your stripes I am healed. And Father God, I want to fast and pray for that report that has been given to me because, Lord Jesus, I don't like that report. And then again in Isaiah 58, it says, Then light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. God, I know in this room there's people who need their health to spring forth speedily. In fact, let's just, let's just pause from that. You know what? If you have a need in your life right now that you need health to spring forth speedily, you don't have to share what it is, just raise your hand that you need to spring forth healily. Okay, every single person whose hand's up, would you put your, put your hand on their shoulder if they're around you? Just place your hand on their shoulder. You know what, there's some, one in the back there, there's one at the very back there, if somebody could put their hand on that, that gentleman's shoulder in the, yellow, in the orange coat there, Nicole maybe. Father, we've been praying, Lord. We've been fasting, Lord Jesus. And we declare, God, that your word is truth. And I speak over every single body that is represented in this room right now in Jesus' name. Every single body, Lord Jesus, that is requiring a healing touch of God. May your healing spread forth quickly, Father God. Lord, we believe that healing is for today. God, you are the God of miracles, Father God. And I just pray that you touch every single person right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I can't wait to hear the testimonies of what you have done in this service at this very moment, Lord Jesus, because your word says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. So, Father God, I just declare right now healing in this place. I just ask, God, that you would break open the, the, the balm of Gilead right now and it would flow over every single member, Father God, like that oil that runs down Aaron's beard because, Lord Jesus, in unity, that is where you command your blessing. So, Father God, together we all say amen, Father God, because we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Number eight is to enlarge our tent pegs. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The man, uh, this man come from a witness to bear witness of the light that through him might believe. John had great influence as a witness of light uh, of Jesus. John, we know, walked in fasting. In fact, his disciples asked Jesus' disciples, why don't your disciples fast like we fast? John was a Nazarite, which means that he abstained from alcohol. We see that in Luke 1.15. He was a man who was like no other. Matthew 11, 11 says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he is least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Isaiah 58, 8 goes on to say, Your righteousness shall go on before you. You know what? There's times, we may think that this is kind of a selfish thing, like, Lord, why do I want to be a big shot? You know, when the Lord increases influence, he increases doors for us to be able to walk through. I experienced this on a missions trip over to the Ukraine. I was in the Ukraine, 
And it was my very first trip there. And we, we got off the plane, and I met the pastor, and we were talking with the pastor. And, and as I was sharing kind of a little bit about who we were and what's going on there, he, he was just really kind of like, man, like I, our, our spirits were just kind of connecting. So he says to me, he says, Pastor, could you do me a favor? I said, yeah, sure, what do you want? He goes, I'm going to call everybody in the village together. He says, I'm a man of influence. He says, I'm going to call every single person in the village because there's a lot of people in, 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 the, in the town that do not know Jesus, and I want you to tell them why they need to be a Christian. I said, okay. I said, uh, when do you want to do that? He goes, I want to do it this afternoon, 3 o'clock, show up here, and the whole town's going to be there and teach them about Jesus. I said, all right. So I said, how long do you want me to speak for? He goes, I want you to speak for two hours. I said, oh, Jesus. I've got two hours to come up with a two-hour sermon on salvation and why we need to accept Jesus as our personal Savior. So I went back, and I started praying, and I started getting ready and all this kind of stuff. I show up, and there's people all over the place there. And, uh, but it wasn't the whole town which I was expecting. I was expecting to see a lot more people. There was a lot of people there, but not what I was expecting. So I walk up there, and he introduces me, and my interpreter's interpreting, and he goes, this is a pastor from Canada, and, and he's just doing great things for God, and this is what's happening, and that's been happening, and I've called him today. Uh, now that I've brought all the leaders together, I've ca- called him here to be able to speak for the next two hours on leadership. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, okay, so now I'm up, and i got a two-hour message to give on leadership when I'm prepared for why this is all the pastors that he got together. And I'm like, okay, so i got to teach them in two hours like some of the things that we do in Canada on this kind of stuff. And I'm like, Lord, I am not ready for this, but God, you are, Lord. And all of a sudden, you step into something that is just totally a wild ride that just God says, you know what? I got you. I got you. The, the Holy Spirit is going to speak through you today. Just watch and see. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. And the last one that I want to share on is the Esther Fast. Team, would you come? The Esther Fast teaches about protection from danger. Let's look at the end of Isaiah 58, 8. It says, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Again, we talked about that. How the Lord wants to just look after us. He wants to stand in that place. Haman wanted Esther dead, but instead he was hung from the very gallow that he built to be able to kill the Jews. That situation that you're facing, God is going to turn it around when we fast and when we pray. Esther 4, 16 says, go together. All the, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights, and I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, and even though it is against the law, if I perish, I perish. You know what? One of the greatest scriptures that just blow me away is with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they faced the fiery furnace. Here's King Nebuchadnezzar who says, bow down and, and, and worship the statue. And these three guys say, absolutely not. And then the king is so furious, he decides to throw them in the fiery furnace. And he gets it so hot that the two guards on the outside die. And as they're getting ready to to throw them in, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, the Lord is going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will still praise the Lord. My friends, that is a faith that we desire. To be able to stand in that place where we say, God, even if I perish, like Esther says, even if I perish, I perish. But God, there's an atrocity happening right now, Lord, that I need to seek your face on. I need to press through and I need to meet with the Lord. Guys, it's not easy being a Christian. It is going to cost you absolutely everything. 
Because God doesn't want. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want to mix other gods with who he is. Now, it's not a religious thing. He's broke that spirit of religion. But it's a thing where we just say, God, I give you my heart as a whole. I lay it before you on the altar. And I say, God, truly, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, God, in my life. And Lord, as I walk in that place, God, and I say, God, I truly want what you want in my life, things are going to start changing in the way that we do things. It's not going to look the same as we did it yesterday. And all of a sudden, opportunities are going to come for us to be able to, to, to cool off and to start making compromises in our life. And God is like, you know what? Don't do it. Don't do it. I got great things for you. Will you trust me? And we sit there that place and say, God, I trust you, Lord. And even if I die, I die with my very last breath, I will shout out, Lord, I trust you because I know, God, that Lord Jesus, that this, this world, Lord Jesus, is so short compared to eternity, God. And Lord, I want to embrace you, Father God, forever and ever and ever. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as the team lead us in a song? And I just encourage you during this time, if you want to come up for prayer, to come up for prayer. But just to say, God, would you look over my heart, God? Lord, would you just examine my heart, Lord? And Lord, I know, God, that there's things in my life that are that, that are selfish. There's things in my life, Lord, that I choose to walk in on my own. But God, I want to lay that down before you, God, and say, God, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. In Christ's name, be blessed. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.